This is Amy Ellis, and you're listening to The Humanitarian Engineer. In this series of episodes, we'll focus on Villanova's partnership with Essential Utilities, formerly Aqua America. After acquiring Peoples, a natural gas distribution company, in 2018, Essential Utilities became a new infrastructure company that is now one of the largest publicly traded water, wastewater, and natural gas providers in the U.S., serving approximately 5 million people across 10 states. The Center for Humanitarian Engineering and International Development at Villanova has partnered with Aqua America, wherein water professionals work with engineering faculty and students to provide technical support to program partners on sustainable water supply projects in developing communities. In this episode, we'll hear from Kimberly Joyce and Jordan Ermelio, who established the partnership in 2015. Kimberly Joyce is the Vice President of Regulatory and Government Affairs for Essential Utilities. She graduated from Villanova with a Bachelor's of Science degree in Economics and a Master's degree in Business Administration. And Jordan Ermelio is the Director of the Center for Humanitarian Engineering at Villanova. So, Kim, my understanding is that you started um, doing humanitarian engineering work. You started the projects back when you were getting your MBA at Villanova. Can you talk about the class you were involved with or anything that you wanted to, to tell us about um, in regards to that? And I was around 2010 um, studying a lot and working a lot of weekends and having a lot of fun getting my, my MBA at Villanova. And part of the, part of the coursework, um, I don't remember exactly what class it was, but it was a class about, you know, I think, global economies and emerging markets. Um, and in one of those classes, a group of underclass engineers at Villanova came and gave us a presentation. And Villanova, which I'm sure Jordan can talk, talk more about, you know, has, has a wonderful volunteer program and, and he can talk about this more in more detail. But this group of undergrads presented um, to our class and talked about their experience in going to um, Nicaragua at the time. Um, and working on putting in a water system because there's lots of communities in Nicaragua and in, in Central America that um, that just don't have access to reliable drinking water. And so I was really fascinated by that by that conversation and really interested in it. Um, and then flash forward as as part of the coursework, we're required to do a capstone program, and that's sort of a a, a big um, project in our second year where you take a problem, a really complex problem, and you research it and you use systems thinking to try to solve it. And, um, you know, when when it came time to think about that capstone project, I, I thought about those group of students who, that, that came to talk to us about engineering and, and assisting um, nonprofits in, in Nicaragua in trying to put a distribution system together, treat the water and, 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 and get families in really rural areas of, of Nicaragua access to water. And I approached a, a couple of my classmates and asked if they wanted this to be our capstone process, project, sort of study this issue, study, study why it's occurring, um, you know, wh why in 2010, which is when it was the time, there, there's, there's, still, there's still people in the world that don't have access to, to clean drinking water. And would it be something that they would be interested in doing as their capstone project? Um, they said yes, the group of classmates, there's five of us, they said yes to that pro project, which I was really excited about. And the interesting thing was when we talked to our professor um, about it, 
he was really excited. He thought it was a complicated issue. It, it, it thought it, you know, was impactful. But we were sitting there telling him about him that this is this is what we wanted to do, and it was based sort of you know uh, and came out of the conversation that we had with the the young group of engineers from um, the School of Engineering at Villanova, and he said, "Well, you have to go to where the problem is." And we kind of looked at each other and said, "What what are you talking about?" And he said, "Well." To under to really understand a problem, you have to you have to really understand, it. and you you need to go and visit one of these locations, and go and 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 visit where the work would occur, visit the site, um, you know, talk to people, interview them, understand the economy, and we all kind of looked at each other and said, no, 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 that's we we don't need to do that, you know that that's. I'm pretty sure we can research this from the, the comfort of, of Pennsylvania. And he said, no, you, you, you know, we need to explore you visiting and seeing this for your own eyes. So that's, that's sort of where Jordan came in um, because he's, he's the owner of these programs at Villanova. And um, I, I gotta, gotta hand it to Jordan. Um, he, uh, he didn't know who we were. He didn't know why we were coming to talk to him. We were a group of like type A, high energy, probably really annoying um, business students uh, that that sort of wanted wanted to to pick his brain about traveling to a place where you know was his connections, his relationships, and so I, I really um, hand it to him for sort of allowing us um, to to have this experience, and he he couldn't have been kinder and um, more engaging and helpful and send, sending us on, on that trip. And so that's, that's where I met Jordan. Um, and that, that was really in 2010. And then I'm going to pass the baton yeah, to so, Jordan. So I mean, you know, I, 10 years later. Yep, go ahead. I, I can't believe how important that advice was from your professor. Um, and, and I'm not sure, was that um, Mike Pagano? By any chance, was that was that the professor that was? Because I know it was Mike Pagano that ultimately introduced me to you again um, in in 2015. So we're talking 10 years ago that we had that conversation about you guys traveling to to Nicaragua, and and I couldn't agree more that you know seeing is believing, and in order to understand a problem, you have to really immerse yourself in the problem um, and and live that problem. So, uh, you know, that was excellent, excellent advice. So whoever that faculty was, if, if it wasn't Mike Pagano, um, you know, we should, I should reach out to that individual and, and thank them for that, that great advice. Because if I recall, your team was kind of like deers, you had like deer in the headlights type of uh, look on your face when I, when I told you, yeah, of course, let's do it. And I, you know, I think I, 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 I just booked you guys a, like a airline tickets and just ended up pulling together a, a vehicle for you to, to get up to Waslala. And I think you did it on your own. I wasn't there with you on that trip. Um, I think I sent an alumni with you. Is that true? Did I, or were you guys entirely on your own? Did you have like one or two? So, vehicles? Do, you recall, do you recall? I recall, I, I, I recall very clearly. Um, you did not send us with an alumni. We, we hopped on a plane, we rented, um, rented a truck. Right. And, uh, 
You gave us a map. I gave you a map. A... I think it was, a, it was like, turn right here. And that was it. That was the only instructions I had. <laughs> you gave us a map and said, you want to drive to Madagalpa. Right. Now, the caveat is there was an undergraduate that you had known that met us in Madagalpa. And she was then able to get from Madagalpa to Waslawa. So we did have uh, a, a little transport. It might have been it might have been Megan Gruber. Was that her name? That sounds familiar. Yeah, Megan. Um, okay, so so meanwhile, right? Somebody you don't even know, you're going to meet in some random town that you've never been to before, in a country that you've never traveled to before, nor do you speak the language, nor uh, you don't even have the currency at that point. <laughs> Very true. Right. So you're going to meet some random person in Matagalpa, Nicaragua. You have to get yourself to Matagalpa. And ultimately, I think I just drew you this map that I said, okay, well, you know, go like an hour past Matagalpa and make a right. And it's like this dirt <laughs> road, like you've never seen this, a dirt road like this before. And to be honest with you, if I recall, I mean, I've, I've been on that road many times, but I mean, it's the kind of road that you have no business going down. Like you would never say, oh, let's go down this road and explore what's up on this and drive th this road for the next eight hours in the mountains to, to reach some rural town in the middle of uh, the Cordilleras of, of northern Nicaragua, right? That's right. I mean, so my classmates, thank goodness, um, two of them were very skilled in deck, but it was it was like an off-roading experience. And um, I, I think that first day, they kind of looked at me like, what in the world did you get us into? But um, it was it was an absolutely, you know, life-changing, wonderful, wonderful experience. Well, I'm, I'm glad it was because it could have gone either way, right? Um, and, and to be honest with you, knowing that road, I always describe it as that road is the worst road you've ever been on. And for every moment that you're on that road, it continues to get worse and worse and worse. So, so for every moment of that travel, you know, I think it's from, um, you know, like a little bit north of Matagalpa where you start to veer off to uh, the town of Wasalala. That particular road gets worse and worse and worse as you go. And ultimately, you're always on the worst road you've ever been on because it gets worse as you go. So it, it's, it's not an easy, easy travel. It's not an easy road to travel down. Just a note, Kim continues to describe the trip to Waslala here, and she mentions that they picked up some people who were hitchhiking on the side of the road. You'll hear Jordan reference that in the next part of the interview. So if I could just jump in here for a second, Jordan, how do you think this particular type of experience helps to create such an effective partnership? And why do you think that this partnership has been so successful over the years? So there is definitely something that happens there when you sort of immerse yourself like that and in, into the, the problem and into the community, wherein you're, and particularly if you're trying to address a problem, right? And you're trying to address a particular challenge where you, you start to become like family, right? I mean, I, I hear you talk about these people that you were just picking up, random strangers, right? And, and at that time, random strangers that you met even in, in the town and were working with the, the NGO that we were involved with, um, which is now El, El Pauvernier. Now, ultimately, you, you sound like you're talking about them as if you've been friends forever, right? Right, right. <laughs> so something happens, right, when you immerse yourself like that and you sort of put yourself out of your comfort zone. And, and I think, honestly, that's, that's probably one of the, keys to our success with the, with this partnership, because we've kind of followed that model throughout our engagement, even, even since then. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, not, not Jordan, what, what I've seen, what, that what you've put together in the partnerships that, that you have and the ones that, that my company has participated in, and I, I know you know a lot more about this than I do, but, um, you know, we can talk as we get in more into the partnership with Villanova and, and, and Aqua slash Essential. Um, what, what I think is, is so fundamental and key in the projects that we as a company have, have helped Villanova students and you participate in is all of the projects that we participate, participate in have, have, have really grounded and um, sustainable models in place in the country, right? So, you know, it, it's just not aqua flash essential coming in and, you know, here's some advice, here, here, here's some, some dollars from our trust, right? Here's, here's some, some volunteer hours for a week. Um, the, the things that, that, that Villanova that I have seen that you choose to participate in really have on the ground support. And I think that makes it really, really sustainable. And when we talk about successes, right? The end of the day, and I've said this many times, our, our relationship with Villanova, to me, it's, it's, it's all about the students and the student experience is number one. Now, the added benefit is we get to help a lot of people in, 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 in the projects that we pick in a lot of the countries that we help out with. But um, you know, that, that learning experience for the students is so, so key because I think you'll probably say, you know, the, the, the students come and go, but they, they get this amazing educational experience. But the foundation of those um, nonprofits that, that you have developed that relationship are, are really, really grounded and really, really sustainable. So this all happened before the Aqua Essential Partnership began. Um, how did the actual partnership get established? Um, so, so, so from 2010 to 2015, we lost touch. Um, and it was, it was an email from Mike Pagano to me. Um, and I believe you were copied on this email. And he introduces me to Chris Franklin. Um, now, at the time, I'm literally in Madagascar recovering from jet lag like I'd never had before. Um, and so it was like a, like a 3 a.m. type of time frame. I didn't know what day it was. I didn't know what time it was. I just arrived. I was doing some work. Um, and I get an email. And, and I didn't know who he was introducing me to. I mean, I had no idea that Chris Franklin was the CEO of Essential Utilities and prior, you know, uh, formerly Aqua America. Um, and so I reply him in this email saying, hey, I'm in Madagascar. I'm just like 3 a.m. Again, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> um, and I'm in Madagascar and I just kind of gave him a briefing on what I was doing there and what, what we were going to be doing that week. Um, and it was kind of funny because like I didn't know who I was talking to. <laughs> I was going to uh, and, and I'm almost glad I didn't, because had I known, I probably would have been a lot more careful about, you know, it would have came off maybe less authentic, right? Um, so uh, nonetheless, uh, I think that's what re-engaged our, our partnership and sort of what sort of catalyzed our, our efforts in terms of sort of formalizing that, that partnership and, and his support for all of this, I think has been really important and, and key um, because I think without his kind of blessing and his leadership, 
and and his kind of desire to create a, a bit of culture of service and, and obviously utilities being a service industry his just seeing that natural connection was really really important to our ability to to really launch this partnership i i totally agree so so chris franklin um he, he'd been with the water company for about i think you know two, two decades and um he became CEO in 2015. But just side note, Chris Franklin also got his MBA at Villanova. And I think Professor Pagano taught him in that class and they remained friends. So you know, the world works on, on you know, connections and, and, and maintaining those connections. But when Chris became CEO in 2015, and I think um, Professor P Pagano and him had connected um, the next thing I knew, the next thing I remember was Chris, Chris had set up a meeting where Professor Pagano came into to our offices, you came into our offices, and I think we just started brainstorming about opportunities. And, you know, my takeaway from that meeting, which totally came from Chris, was, you know, you all have the green light to explore. And, and see what we can come up with in terms of, listen, we have a, a really reputable water company with a lot of expertise in treatment and putting in distribution pipes. We have a team of engineers, we have a team of chemists, um, and you, you all have this amazing program at Villanova where you're, you're doing a lot of great work in terms of a lot of water-related projects around the world see see what you can do and that's my recollection of that meeting and and again I, I think you're right it, it 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 all came from Chris because I don't I don't think we necessarily knew what we were going to do but he completely supported it and continues to support it um and it, it's just developed into an amazing partnership that's great to hear that the CEO of the company had such had such trust in you and um and supported you to get this partnership off the ground that leads me to my next question, which is how has the partnership evolved over the past five years? I think what we started off with, and again, I always go back to the students because I, I think that's the primary goal is the, these amazing opportunities for the, the, the engineering students at Villanova. But I, I think what we started to think about is how we could get our, you know, we started off with our engineers. Um, how could we get the expertise that we have two miles away into the classroom. And so in the beginning, I think we started off just, I think, engaging the students with our, our aqua folks. And it, it started off with the students doing, you know, presentations on the particular research projects that they were doing. We called it a shark tank environment, right? Where we, we thought, you know, our, our folks would ask them a bunch of questions. Um, and they would respond. But at, at the end of the day, it wasn't hostile in any, any, any way, but it was an opportunity to exchange ideas. And, and that's, I think, how we started it off initially. Yeah, if I, if I recall, it was more like we had the students sort of come to Aqua and, and present to your technical teams. And there were VPs in, in those meetings. And it was so, so exciting to be sort of have this audience that was so um, oh, integrated, really. And, and maybe that's something that essential utilities is, is kind of known for. I don't know, but it seems like it's integrated where, you know, you have like a, a vice president in the room uh, hearing these students or, or maybe, 
these type of projects bring people together like that, right? All the way to like the water operator, right? And 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 technical people that are you know managing the water treatment facilities, kind of all in the same room, hearing issues that the students were bringing from from our partners uh, in the field, and just spitballing ideas and trying to share their expertise, um, and and really. I mean, I saw this enormous change, not only in the students, but the way that we approach projects uh, because this learning experience for students became that much more when they were presenting to professionals and their ability to realize not only did, did the students, the students really didn't realize they had expertise, right? Um, mm -hmm. And at the same time, they didn't, you know, after sort of sharing those expertise and those ideas and suggestions with what were legitimate experts, right? The, the water, you know, the water professionals at, at Aqua at the time, um, you know, they started to realize that, um, you know, they themselves were even bringing a lot to the table. Then it really transferred and shifted a little bit where the expertise that your team was bringing um, was targeted, right? It was precise where you knew exactly how to solve certain problems because you've seen that before in, in a different context, of course, right? So now it became, how do we modify uh, the solution to address an, a, a unique context in what was Panama, what was Nicaragua uh, and other places too, where, where we're partnered. Um, so I think that that Shark Tank model, right? Where we had uh, students presenting projects to your group uh, really, really made a big difference. And, and I think it was the natural connection where uh, staff really started to, to get involved. That, that's right. And, uh, you know, just two thoughts there, Jordan. I, I will say, you know, um, I'm, I'm really proud of the company that I work for. And um, we, we are very, very mission based. So, you know, I don't, I don't have to go far um, to look around the office and say, hey, does, does anybody, is anybody interested in this? in this partnership that we have in Villanova, right? There's so many people um, that, that just love to be involved in, in this partnership. And I agree in a short amount of time, the projects that the students were working on, they were just so in our wheelhouse. Um, and, and the one that I just love to talk about is the Panama partnership and, and the tank issues that they were having there. And when those students sort of mentioned that in one of the shark cake settings, you know, all of these aqua essential engineers were just like attacking the problem. Have you thought of this? We could call this supplier. Well, have you tested this? And, you know, the problem was, um, you know, this particular water system, uh, you know, it's, it's been in place and it serves um, a large number, you know, larger size communities. Yeah, I think it's like 10,000 people. 10,000 10, people? On that system, yeah. The tank was leaking. Oh, it was, it was, it was, you know, leaking like a sieve. There was several leaks and, and things like that. And there was actually two tanks, total volume somewhere in the order of like 150,000 liters. Um, so there were pretty large tanks, right? They weren't these, you know, little surface tanks and stuff. It's a big system. Yeah, and I think there was a group, there was probably a group 
trip that was going to go down for spring break. So I think that's usually around March. And between your team of students and our team of engineers, you know, in a matter of six weeks, I think it was over the holidays, um, they researched the issue, they got in contact with different suppliers, and they came up with a solution so that when they, they actually traveled to Panama in March, and listen, I'm, I'm not an engineer, but they, you know, applied what they had to apply, um, and, and they, fixed, they fixed this leaky tank um, all together. And I, I just think it's, a, it's an amazing example of, of the partnership. And that the wonderful edu education opportunity for the students, the people that Aqua worked on this project love doing it, but that really made a difference um, for those, Tim, those members probably, of that community. You probably don't realize this, but we were trying for several years to fix that problem. Um, it wasn't, wasn't unique, it wasn't new at that time. Um, it was a problem that we had had for, for many years and we had tried two other solutions. We had tried twice before to, to solve that problem and to fix that, those, those tanks and couldn't do it, right? I mean, we were talking about putting reinforcing mesh into the interior tank and basically putting liners in the tank. Um, we had tried all sorts of like waterproofing agents in there to try to fix it. And it just wasn't working. One thing after the other just didn't work. Um, and now, I mean, those tanks are full. I mean, and, and it is amazing when I, you know, the, I was there, this was a year ago um, with, with a group and we were, I mean, they're, they're full. I mean, it's amazing, right? The, the difference that that particular, um, it was this crystalline uh, waterproofing agent that was basically, we ended up being used. So it was, it was pretty neat. I think that's a great evolution from sort of, you know, being in a classroom, trading ideas to actually solving a real world problem. That's one of my favorite stories about the success. Just to wrap things up, Kim, can you give me one word to describe this unique partnership? I'm, I'm looking for the word success. To, success isn't the word, but because um, I, I don't think every single project is going to be a quote success, but but, but it's action oriented, like we're always trying to solve the problem. Wh whatever your students come up with and creative ideas that they might be engineering, there might not be like a, a bow at the end where we've perfectly solved it, but, but there's always your team and oh. our team, they're always moving, right? And they're always looking to solve problems, which, which I think is a sign of an engineer, right? But I, I think that, that transcends both organizations. I think you're right, Kim, and I think it's that collaborative problem-solving mindset that really helps move the projects forward. And I would say it ultimately provides a greater benefit to everyone involved, the students, the partners, and the communities we work with. Jordan and Kim, thanks again for taking the time to speak with me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much, Amy, for pulling this together. Thanks, Amy, very much for hosting us. And Jordan, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening. In the next episode, we'll talk to two other Aqua employees, Justin Kaufman and Peter Virag, about their experiences participating in the partnership. Thank you again for listening to The Humanitarian Engineer. Mm -hmm.